Good day everyone. Black suits, long working hours and a company car and traveling a lot. Is this your view on consultancy? Are you interested in becoming a consultant but still unsure what this is all about? Or are you an industry expert that thinks about changing into a different role? Then listen to our new episode of our podcast Surviving in Companies. Our guest today is Dr. Jürgen Weber, a partner from MHP, a consulting company belonging to Porsche, a fantastic sports car manufacturer. We're recording this episode at my place near Stuttgart, an area with lots of automotive industry and a paradise for engineers interested in mobility solutions. For more than five years, Jürgen has been a partner with MHP, and we're going to talk about how we can connect the dots when moving from industry telecommunications into mobility and consulting what leadership style he has and how this suits Generation Y, and how important international exposure is for making progress. Welcome, Jürgen. It's great you accepted our invite. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. We also have an additional guest actually here, and uh, it's a friend and, and a neighbor of mine, Renier, who actually works in your team, so it's also nice to have you here. He's not only working for me, he's, uh, in addition, a friend of mine too. This is personal relationship. That, that, that's important. So you didn't pay him so, uh, no, to say I, anything positive about you. So Jürgen, this podcast is not a scripted interview. It's about an informal and this implies a personal talks. So we ask you to prepare two stories. As always, one must be true, one is false. Are you ready to tell us your stories? Yes, I can tell you one, one story at uh, by which I had uh, approximately 20, 25 years ago when I was in uh, New York. I was invited for a conference to give a short talk on, uh, on these days on semiconductor devices. I was um, hosted for the conference in Waldorf Astoria, and I went from Waldorf Astoria to Battery Park in New York by taxi. And it's raining, there's a lady coming with me, wanting to jump with me in the taxi in the same direction, from Waldorf Astoria to Battery Park. And the lady was a no pretty clue. woman. Pretty well, uh, Mrs. Roberts. Really? Traveling Ju Julia with Roberts. Me? Julia Roberts. <laughs> Traveling with me in a taxi yeah. when I was uh, just wanting to visit uh, Battery Park and, and so a nice uh, evening, I can tell you. And uh, what's your second story? So the second story was 21 years, 22 years ago. Mid of the 19th, uh, I was for visiting um, the US Open in, as well in New York. We've been there in New York with a friend of mine. And we two are in the Grand Central Park of, uh, of uh, the US Open Place, it's out, of, out in Queens, where we met Malivay Washington. These days, a very famous uh, tennis player. Malivay Washington had uh, with us a short conversation. We met, we, we, we chatted. We went with Malivay Washington to the Nike store. We got Nike shirts, Nike trousers, Nike shoes. Uh, out of his boxes, and then he, he gave us a very special invitation. We had the chance to play a match with John McEnroe on a <laughs> side court, of course, not on the major court, but on a side court. So we met a short tennis match with John McEnroe in mid of 90s. Seriously. These are two <laughs> famous stories out of New York, just to be little bit international. So it seems to be the, the place to be, actually, in New York. New York has to, is the place to be. <laughs> Thanks for the stories. At the end, we'll get back to them. And let's talk about networking. Actually, this opportunity for talking to you came via talking to a friend, René, about the podcast idea. And he immediately said, you should talk to my boss. Um, so thanks for making that connection, René. And he also said, 
that you, Jürgen, you are different than other managers. And some people say networking is more giving than getting. It's some, some love, some hate it. And you immediately said, we're doing this. So how can you describe how important is, is network and how do you do this? In fact, it's a difficult question. Networking is the most important part in the business life and in private life. In business part, because in business life, because networking is about on, on four major pillars you have. It's trust and it's relationship. It's uh, energy. And I will tell you later, later on what I mean with energy. And it's future. Why? Networking means you are only really networking if you have a trustful relationship with people, which is balanced and based on what you give and what you get. It's always mm -hmm. a balance. Mm -hmm. So if you take only or you give only, there's no balance. So you cannot have a long-term network with anyone. So it's networking is a really good example of having a long-term relationship. Trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is something which you give and Better to better say, you have to spend and honor trust. Spend means, um, I hate the word, you have to earn the trust mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. Nobody earns the trust of someone. You have to spend the trust. You have to give the trust from, mm -hmm. from a second one. Mm -hmm. Third story or third part of networking part is um, energy. Networking gives you always a push because a lot of people have different mindsets, have different thinkings have different stories have different i don't know what and gives you a push you are not allowed to just to stand somewhere and to resist or to hesitate or to be frustrated and sitting on your sofa mm -hmm. you have to go networking helps you mm -hmm. to go forward gives you some energy mm -hmm. if it's positive or negative it's giving it's a you different energy one. yeah and future if you have networking you can you can build your future because mm -hmm. you know on which kind of network levels mm -hmm. you can have your own personal, I would say flow, even your own personal flow. I can tell you that if you have trustful relationships, you always come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't have necessarily meet him or meet her each day or each year. Mm -hmm. It's a fruitful, trustful relationship. Yeah, I, I remember when we met for the first time for a pre-discussion and we had lunch, you said something that um, is actually totally opposite from a German saying where you say, uh, say the, das Vertrauen gewinnen, right? You need to gain the trust. And you said something like, um, I, I trust people to 100% when I meet them, uh, but on the other hand, they can lose it very quickly. Uh, how did you develop that philosophy? Ah, it's easy because I'm, I've studied physics mm -hmm. and you know that, uh, always the guys who have studied physics have some kind of philosophical part in, in their mind. Mm -hmm. huh? Trust is something you have to give to other people. And if you want to be in terms of in your private life or in your, in your business life, mm -hmm. uh, in both part of your, of your lives, if you, if you meet people, if you meet, uh, guys, you can see immediately if, or you can feel it, or you can, uh, I'm going to say how it's like, like coming, coming up to you from in your mind. You can see a guy, he's, he's open or not. You mm -hmm. see it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. immediately in, in, in some seconds. Mm -hmm. If you go to someone and say, you have to earn my trust. If they are working for a company for 10 years, everybody knows you, 
Uh, your environment knows you, your boss knows you, and he knows quite well or should know quite well what are your positives and negatives aspects. Mm -hmm. Now you, you went to another company, you make an interview, and another company gives you, I want you with, in one hour mm -hmm. or in two hour um, interview sessions. Mm -hmm. When you come back and feel that this new company gives you more trust mm -hmm. than your old company, mm -hmm. My old company has something so, so done the, wrong. So in this case, uh, it, yeah, and it will probably be easier to to change companies because exactly. you you feel that you don't get the trust. By the way, and this is why you should not be in the position, never be in a position that somebody tells you you have to earn my trust, mm -hmm. or you have to earn my confidence, or yeah. you have to earn something, or you have. Just to be upfront to give me some results. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a pretty different uh, way of looking at this. As I said, there is a German saying, uh, and this is the opposite. And uh, I, I'm wondering, uh, do young professionals that you hire in your team, and you have a pretty big, a big team, around 140 people, do you feel that trust when they first approach you, that this is something different, that they expose differently? When we had our interview or when we discussed about um, my specific leadership uh, style, which is the, the specifics we had uh, integrated in in this group or however you call it, mm -hmm. the, the interview is as well very, very different from what you mm -hmm. might have in, in mind. Can you tell so us? So I never, it's honest, I never read and read any CV. Mm -hmm. So first see the guy or the lady which comes um, for my job over mm -hmm. just when, when she or he is arriving. In, in I strongly believe that no person can be folded in a one sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And you can write down on a paper that you have led 20 people in, in a team in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. That you have been, I don't know, be a model out of Vogue. Uh, that you have studied physics or, or whatever. Um, this is something which is on the paper. Yeah. And this is definitely true. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are two levels which you have to pass when you go to a recruiting. To, then you meet me. Mm -hmm. And um, since 20 years, all my, my recruitments have been done by me. No mm -hmm. team leader out of my team mm -hmm. are allowed to make re recruitments. Mm -hmm. Never done, even mm -hmm. not before when I was in, at, in my former job mm -hmm. and I had uh, several hundred people mm -hmm. in my division. Mm -hmm. And uh, So you selected all of them? This is all, what you're saying? All. All of the 140 has been selected by me. All. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of work uh, just for no? selecting people? This is my only work. <laughs> this is the only work I do. You, this have, is the only yeah. right I refuse to give away. Mm -hmm. The right is the selection of the right people. Mm -hmm. And I can give you an example why. Mm -hmm. If you run a group of, let's make it 100 people. Mm -hmm. Normally you have 100 people, three divisions or three departments. Mm -hmm. or 20, between 20 and 30 and 40 people. Yeah. Then you had a deep department lead. And, with, and normally the department lead had, has open positions. Mm -hmm. And he wants to know who will join my team. Mm -hmm. So he normally, in any company, he wants to be the guy who decides mm -hmm. to join his team. Right. So that is the reason why 
in every company, standardized companies, you have an HR member mm -hmm. in, in the interview. Mm -hmm. You have the, the uh, department lead normally. Yeah. And you have the above leader. Yeah. And all three go through the CV. When you select the guy who is maybe the right choice for this position, the problem is this is just one guy you select for one position. Mm -hmm. You think it's, it's good? In your department, you might have four or five open positions. Mm -hmm. And maybe you find a guy who is maybe not as brilliant as the expert mm -hmm. on infotainment, on expert on 5G, mm -hmm. on an expert on autonomous drive. Mm -hmm. But maybe he's better for another part mm -hmm. of the story. Mm -hmm. So is that that reason that you don't really go through the CVs exactly. in order to have it, to be able to check what else, if, if it's, this is not the perfect fit for this position, where else could he end up in your um, exactly. thing? But also, I mean, you were describing personality, right? Exactly. So if you're not checking the standards, like uh, you have an MBA, you have this experience, you, I mean, all the points that are in, in typically in a CV, um, you're checking for personality. What is it what you're looking after? I can tell you. The first thing is I look for guys which I believe or where I believe that these guys or the ladies or whatever that they are um, Can, can fit in, in, in my philosophy of leading a group. And fitting in, in, in the philosophy means they should be self-driven mm -hmm. because they don't have any other leaders than their own, mm -hmm. um, their own personality, their own drive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, second story, beside that, they should be able to communicate. Thirdly, <laughs> I, ex I explain what we are doing. Explain roughly what are the topics where we are in. And I explain that you have first to deal with me. Mm -hmm. Then they are not able to see their direct leader, which, there, which might be... Which in, will in be the future. team leader in that case. Team right? leader. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're not able to see it because they don't know. Yeah. And so can you give an example on what, what you discuss in such an interview? What are the questions that you would ask? I don't, honestly, no question. I ask no questions. I'm just, I, I tell to the candidate, I'm telling, yeah. please sit down. And it's half an hour, 45 minutes, uh, listening part. I'm just describing what we are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, the candidate is listening. Maybe he has some questions uh, on, on some details, what we are doing, yeah. on, yeah. on the understandings. Then I describe what is my philosophy, what is the, the strategy we would have uh, in, in our group or in, in the department, where we are integrated in the whole story, yeah. uh, and what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to join us if you don't know? Who will be your supervisor, if you, mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. might say? So that's a surprising effect. It's a surprising. Are yeah. you willing yeah, to I take am. the adventure race? Yeah. yeah. Are you willing to trust that you will get your right position and your right knowledge and mm -hmm. your right level mm -hmm. without knowing what you will do in the future? But, but I mean, what so you, you choose what you yeah. like to do. But this is very much what you're describing is mm -hmm. it's an a decision based on personality because the only information they have is they applied for a for a company 
that are interested, they look for a job, there was an open position, they ran through the recruiting process, and now they sit in front of you. So basically what you're saying is um, that they need to take the decision if they want to work for you, right? Or for us. He's yeah. deciding, yeah. I'm not, I'm deciding. Yeah. So that is the first step of a self-deciding future. Mm -hmm. And if that guy or lady mm -hmm. comes to my department, mm -hmm. he has this kind of self-deciding mm -hmm. part of, of his mm -hmm. uh, business life. Mm -hmm. I, I understand this part. Um, on the other hand, this, this approach I think is very diverse and I can imagine that lots of people that will be listening to this podcast episode, they might question, well, damn, why am I doing then my MBA? Why am I spending my time on a PhD? If you don't check for the CVs, which is, I think, probably, it's my guess, very unconventional. But how would you, how important is then a master um, and bachelor and all these degrees? And to, to very, <coughs> on, on that topic, you have to do it by your own. Honestly, you can never rely that I have a PhD in, in semiconductor physics like I had, um, mm -hmm. for example. You can never rely on that. Mm -hmm. um, and you should never rely on what you have done in the past. Mm -hmm. it, it should be for you. Mm -hmm. You have done it for you. Mm -hmm. It's for your own curiosity. It's for your own uh, whatever, whatever you have it done. Mm -hmm. You have learned a lot. Um, it's for your, for your style. Mm -hmm. You need it for you. For yourself. But if you yeah. need it for your job, Mm -hmm. I can I can give you a big advice. Uh, if you really need it for your job and you think you need it for your job, sometimes, sometimes it's uh, it's a wrong decision. So you it gives you some kind of confidence yeah. that you have achieved something. Mm -hmm. It gives you a kind of personality that you have achieved something. It gives you a kind of more influence on on some areas mm -hmm. it gives you a um, a great a great is again for me um what do you stand for are you talking about a grade like a university degree university grade or whatever yeah. something that you stand for yeah. i will not i will not minor it what you have mm -hmm. uh, achieved in the past mm -hmm. but i can but in this you see in the interviews as well mm -hmm. Even if I don't read the CVs, you mm. feel it in your personality. What do you feel? Can you give an example? On I can give you give you guys. If you, if a guy has some experience or have some mm -hmm. have run some difficulties, mm -hmm. and when I start to chat with him about our style, about our our philosophy, yeah. you see him in the, in the eyes if he is reacting. Yeah, he has if, some questions. If, if he's comfortable or is he comfortable or not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he might have some questions mm -hmm. because people think mm -hmm. they start to think about it because they are not yeah. experienced in that. Yeah, it's looking strange for them. And if you had in your past some difficulties mm -hmm. in achieving your own personal targets, mm -hmm. nine out of ten um, candidates, mm -hmm. they just started to. Um, to jump on their on their routines mm -hmm. to overcome difficulties. Mm -hmm. One is starting to get questions, get more deep insights. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it about? What, what what I can do with the learnings? Mm -hmm. Who is my my partnering in terms of career? And they start they start to think because mm -hmm. they start to mm -hmm. talk to you, mm -hmm. and you can feel what is what, what are the triggers. Right. If a guy is already talking about ah. Uh, who is then taking care about my career? 
Because mm -hmm. I want to have, I don't know, uh, in five years, I want to be the CEO of, of a company. Yeah. And you see, okay, he's um, position-minded. This is not bad. Mm -hmm. uh, position-minded. Mm -hmm. Or the other guy is talking about who is giving me the money by the, at the end of the year. And mm -hmm. he's more money-driven. Mm -hmm. Or guys of status-driven. Or mm -hmm. guys of knowledge-driven. Mm -hmm. Guys of innovation-driven. Yeah. You have different people. Mm -hmm. Just three hours ago, I had a I had a call from a guy who wants to work with us, and he started to to state, Doctor Weber. I had a, I had a small conversation. I said, Guy, Doctor is something which I had done in the past. Mm -hmm. It's a way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not that that uh, relying on on something which mm -hmm. you have achieved, mm -hmm. which you have achieved, and which I would um, tell to young people, even graduates uh, in master or in PhD or in, in bachelor, mm -hmm. the most important thing is you have to be ready for your own graduate, which you want to apply for. That's all. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready mm -hmm. for that. And mm -hmm. you have to say, this is enough for me and it's not enough for me. Mm -hmm. But I mean, but this, this also means you need to reflect on what is actually your drivers. Exactly. And I feel that um, also with colleagues that still do your PhD, for example, not sure what is their motivation. And for some, I believe they just do it to feel better or to be able to differentiate themselves possibly. Uh, but coming back to another question about the philosophy, you were describing you look into people or you look at people differently than you did probably 30 years ago. Do you want to work for people? who is just looking on status, no mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. So um, start to work, I work on an innovation lab. In innovation labs, the world is different. Uh, mm -hmm. There is um, project oriented, it is innovation oriented. Yeah, it is oriented on results, on uh, new features, mm -hmm. on new stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. the orientation. Mm -hmm. And you are far away um, to see how is honestly the real work mm -hmm. world in in a in a company who is uh, driving business with customers. Um, because I'm working for a research lab at mm -hmm. uh, at Agatel mm -hmm. in these days, just, mm -hmm. just, just to state it. Mm -hmm. And I was selected for the trainee program for mm -hmm. a specific trainee program. Um, And the next step was, was um, um, a big major step was to, to be the personal assistant to the CEO of of, uh, uh, of his company in Germany, and this was a major step in my mm -hmm. um, in my career life. Mm -hmm. And asking me what what are the triggers? Mm -hmm. One of the first triggers, mm -hmm. the first trigger was that I personally never want to be a boss just to be a boss, mm -hmm. honestly, because. Mm -hmm. I never want to be seen as um, a guy who is telling others what to do mm -hmm. and not to do mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I, but my impression out of this uh, this highly loaded work time mm -hmm. was um, you have to be passionate. Mm -hmm. You have to be stand for something. Mm -hmm. And that guy, he he never never told me anything about his own PhD. Mm -hmm. He's just looking on result, mm -hmm. what can be done in the future to drive. Mm -hmm. And if you work closely with that guy, you see that all that you have done in the past counts nothing. 
what are the things that you notice of people? So in with uh, 140 people, and if it's just a department of 25, the limit the time of a manager is always limited, right? Um, how can a person brand yourself in such a big division? Like personal introduction? Is it sports? Is it the way they dress? Is it doing something totally crazy? Uh, what what is it? What you see? So the the first thing you should have in mind that each person has an individual backpack. Yeah. So own driver. Everybody is routinely coming. And the guy who is innovative he came to me in, in two years and three years or even one year, I want to have something new. Mm -hmm. So um, you should allow the people to address their needs, but they should mm -hmm. address their need. The first step is that you allow, you, guy, you are allowed to address your needs You have to come to me or to other leaders to help you to grow in your personality or whatever you try to want to go for. So you expect them to express yes. what they want. Exactly. We have to. We are, we are all drivers. Mm -hmm. um, and I take away, for example, the some routines that your boss is inviting you for your personal routinely yearly. Um, one hour performance meeting. Yeah. No, I'm not calling. They have to go to somebody to which and whom they, they trust for topic or for, for kind of personal stuff to have their own personal performance yearly meeting. Because it's their Fair interest. Right. And they can change. They, they can express an interest they want to change from um, topic one to topic two. And yeah, if they are clever, they go to the guy of a topic two and tell them, I want to be part of you. Mm -hmm. So from a, from a school example, yeah. they want to change from basketball yeah. to a soccer game. Right. And then the soccer guys, a soccer guy say, okay, if you want to be part of my team, first of all, you have to train soccer. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And build up your mind. Build up your mind. So yeah. you get your targets for the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. Or six months or whatever. Yeah. I so you know, it's yeah. self-driven. Yeah, yeah. It's, so and I, then they can express. Yeah. Because they feel treated as somebody who is in charge of in charge. Own, right? I'm I'm in charge of myself. The last and very important stuff is I I do not control. I do not have one one single minute since 20 years to control what my people do. And so you have a lot of mm -hmm. time. I have no control meeting. I have no review meeting, mm -hmm. no control meeting, nothing. Nobody mm -hmm. needs to have any control. Mm -hmm. Which so, which is based on the trust, which we, we discussed exactly. at the very beginning, right? Um, It's it's an interesting, really interesting philosophy, and I really understand why Renier said that you should talk to this guy. Looking at the, the various experiences you made, and obviously you were also take uh, you were also willing to take risk when moving into consultancy and say, well, does my philosophy still work in a totally different environment? Um, if you reflect back on the last, th you mentioned 30 years, what are the top three company survival tips? You have to be. Adaptive. This is the most critical part of any company. You see now that a lot of companies working for the digital business, um, working for digital transformation. They are having created a department which is called X. 
A survival is you should be fit in what you're doing. Fit means believe in it and do it. And you cannot be play like Google or you cannot play with Amazon or whatever um, small companies you want to compete with, mm-hmm. with your standard and routine procedures. Be more, more precise. One survival kit is be adaptive to the market needs and trends. That means today's biggest challenges in, in traditional companies like assurances, like car companies, like even manufacturers is that we lost the, the dedicated access to the end customer, to you, to me, to your wife, to my wife, to my kids. Mm-hmm. We lost because uh, it is something we done routinely every year. We pulled out a new, I don't know, TV set. We pulled out a new um, mechanical stuff. We pulled out a new car. I don't know. They are just thinking and phrasing in, in their own routines. In the car industry, observing exactly the same. We are BMW. If it's a BMW, if it is a Daimler, if it is um, Volkswagen. We're struggling a lot. And what are the digital business? Mm-hmm. The digital business is, in the past, it was that you want to have a, ca- a car. Mm-hmm. And the car should have that fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fancy stuff is maybe some kind of um, assistance, driving assistance or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Fancy stuff can be design. Fancy stuff can be higher, higher volume engine or whatever, or sound or whatever. This mm-hmm. is the fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. But the minds of people is changing. Mm-hmm. I'm now starting to think about the fancy stuff might be that I can come from A to B, which is to, which is fitting to my needs. Mm-hmm. And like a Flixbus, Mm-hmm. which we had. Flixbus mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to sit in a Flixbus for $20, eight hours from Stuttgart to Amsterdam? Mm-hmm. But people want. What? Because it has wireless LAN. Mm-hmm. People can stream music. And or it's affordable, stream. right? Yeah. And it's 20, 20 euro. Mm-hmm. And what you gave to people is time. And they don't care, honestly. They don't care too much on if mm-hmm. the, if the bus is coming right in time because the bus is telling you when he will arrive. Mm-hmm. You have it on your app, yeah? Yeah, because yeah, you have it true. in your app. Your yeah. app is telling you the bus is coming oh, a little yeah. bit late, 30 yeah. minutes. What, what are you most people doing? Mm-hmm. They sit in, in, in a cafe and yeah. making your work. Because the work, this is for a lot of people, not yeah. for all. For a lot of people, yeah. one big advantage. Amazon. What what is the the big part of Amazon? Amazon is driving your personal needs. Driving your personal needs. Because they know me. Because they know you. (laughs) Out of the history. Out of the history. And I I offer you, it was just one click away mm, to get your new mm. TV set. I I really like that because what you're describing or what I take out of that is um, to be adaptive. Um, This this means to you need to reinvent the status quo every time, right? Not stay where you are, but really challenge you what can be done to be there either more efficiently or be disruptive, be more inno- innovative, but never stay where you are. And this applies also for you personally. Exactly. Right? And your roles and your um, exactly. jobs. You have to be, be, but, be, but be also, this, yeah. But also specifically for, for the product. And I can think about several companies that actually try to conserve uh, the status quo rather than, than really be 
disruptive. Yeah, because products are evolving yeah. and should be evolving. And you can have a product which is highly technically yeah. mature. Mm -hmm. uh, you are front of, of, uh, of the world uh, market on technically. Mm -hmm. This is one part you can do, but this is a very hard part. Or you can drive this highly technically product yeah. together with uh, end user, end customer part. Mm -hmm. And you are the big winner, yeah. like Apple is doing. Like, if frankly, if you could look on on big parts like Netflix, yeah. I personally, I not do not look on on a TV screen anymore. Mm -hmm. I do Netflix. Mm -hmm. So do I think ninety percent of of people. And what is the benefit of Netflix? You pay once, okay, you pay, yeah. but then it's free, yeah. and you can take it. And use it when true. you like. Whenever you want it. Yeah, and you true. don't waste time. And you're not, um, you're not controlled. Uh, your time is not controlled. By the schedule. Yeah, by your, any yeah, schedule. Yeah, you can yeah. do it while you're running. Yeah, that's true. This is, and frankly, Net, Netflix doesn't, in, hasn't, doesn't have invented the mm -hmm. video stream. Yeah, but they changed the way how it, it was offered. Just changed the way to... Of, of looking. This yeah. is the success of Netflix. This yeah. was the success of Amazon Prime. This is the success of um, Spotify. What yeah, Spotify exactly has changed. But uh, what you're saying is focus on your customers, right? Exactly. And and understand what they actually need. You're experienced. And uh, the way you look at certain things is very different. And um, I remember some things that you mentioned in the pre-discussion that I found very interesting. For example, one of the things was um, when you were describing when you started in your role as a personal assistant, you could have pushed various projects just by the position you had because you had the direct link, probably the best link uh, into the CEO than anybody else in the company because you were his right hand, right? But um, there was something that you said which impressed me. It was about that you, the power you had was borrowed. Exactly. Can you explain to our listeners uh, what, what you meant by that? Um, power is something which you have to, to look for from a higher level. What is uh, power play? What is the, you have several powers in your life and you always have some, and one power is borrowed a power from somebody which is a boss. So for example, um, you go to, you go to a, to a, to a colleague and mm -hmm. you say, my boss has told me that you have to work for me on that project. Mm -hmm. This is a power you borrowed from your boss. Right. It's not your power. Yeah. And you have just to think about this is not your power. And mm -hmm. if you play it like your power, that guy will never work for you. Mm -hmm. I hate okay. that. Yeah, but <laughs> a lot of people do. It's a yeah. borrowed power. Yeah. And, and you can easily play that because it's the most easiest part. You can have even in the family life. Mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you tell your kids, mm -hmm. uh, if you tell your kids, say, tell this guy, if he, I can steal your, I don't know, play ground stuff or whatever, tell him, I will, I will kick him out or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a borrowed mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. It's the first time of, of power. The second power is um, a disciplined power. Disciplined power is in military areas. Um, you have to do because I'm your boss and you have to go for it. Disciplinary power. Purely based on discipline. The third level of power is the power of knowledge. You know that that guy knows a lot by knowing that deeply. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you accept that he has a power on you mm-hmm. because he has an advantage. You should have it, yeah, because you know him more. Yeah. Uh, you accept that this guy is knowing more. Yeah. Fourth power is we call the mandate power. Yes, you are. I will. You are a kid, and you are linked to to that person personally mm-hmm. or somebody else, and you have a kind of power. As long as you're not on your own feet, you have that rule that you have to to stay. Power which is based on on force. If you don't do it, I will hit you, I will mm-hmm. destroy you, mm-hmm. or whatever. This is forcing power. The last power is a power of leading and a power of convincing. And now I can can vote on your on your podcast. What kind of power a lot of people or most people would like to to have? Convincing power. Personally, definitely. Yeah. Because this this, is a power which is fruitful. (coughs) This is a long-term relationship. Yeah. Which become, Mm. uh, is a long-term relationship based on trust. Yeah. Then you can you give this power. I'm just reflecting on, because this is something that uh, comes all the time when you were describing this is you, you, Convincing means um, that somebody's accepting, either he's accepting or refusing to listen to you or to work for you, right? But the decision is basically on him, right? Exactly. And this is a card that is playing pretty often in, in, I think, in big companies saying, well, I talked to this and that guy and he said that you should do this. If somebody approaches me like this, I will immediately hate it. And it can even lead to that I'm being rather hey pushing back and saying I I don't believe that this is relevant. Um, but if somebody is asking me, well, uh, this is the project, would you be interested um, to join and convince me that this is a great thing? This is what we what you could be doing. Uh, but let's discuss if this is actually making sense. Then I would probably be very. Well, not probably, but I would be very positive and saying, I want to be on this project because I'm interested in doing this and this is how I can compliment. Um, which is, a, I, I agree, it's it's a totally different approach. But I think the, the key thing is to think of what is the best approach to use the power, specifically exactly. if you're a younger person. And another thing I'm reflecting on is um, younger people, they don't necessarily want to be told. They want to be they have an extremely high level of intrinsic motivation. So if they can decide what am I spending my time on, I think that's much, seriously, it's much better and much more motivating. I would like to briefly conclude on what I've taken out of this really interesting talk. Is um, We started talking about network and what is this built on? You said trust, relationship, energy and, and, and future. And what I really liked is um, I was just remembered on what is important me personally to do business and that was a quote I I picked up some months ago people want to do business with people that they like that they know and that they trust and I think that's so much in line with what you were describing on how to use a network in order to balance it out what I very much liked was your philosophy about that you don't really want stability, but you really recommend to be flexible, to be adaptive to changing environments. And obviously, and this is what I personally find very interesting, coming out of an R&D role in a very traditional, big, large-scale company, moving into a consultancy out of curiosity, this philosophy of empowering people to take their own responsibility and to do 
this out of self-motivation and leads that decision to, for example, uh, join your team for them. I think that's very impressive and it seems to be working. And also this, this was also confirmed by Renier that this is a totally different way of, of working. And what I also found very in, uh, inspiring was the the piece when you were describing around career progress to really voice your personality and let people know what you want so that and also voice your interest so that the environment can actually support you in getting there where you want to be and also the what i find also very interesting also to conclude the how you live leadership that you actually encourage team members to, to think about new ideas then to step up to say hey guys I have this idea the, the example of the basketball team and to let people decide if they want to follow you which is again I think something about co commitment I'm very curious going back to the very beginning about these two stories the first one about meeting Julia Roberts in a taxi in New York and the second one was meeting um, Meliway Washington and engaging them with talks, going to Nike's store, and then ending up in a match with John McEnroy. Both are, are true, true stories, but one of the stories are not made with me. The story of Julia Roberts was with my with my friend who going with me to New York, and the second story was the real story I happened with John McEnroe. <laughs> That's cool. So the place to go, if something should happen to you, which is extraordinary, go to New York and, and something will, will happen. Um, Jürgen, once more, thanks a lot for taking time. Renier, thanks for making that connection and also for being a passive listener to tonight. If you, dear listeners, want us to discuss your questions with senior leaders or if you want to share your personal experience with us, Please send us an email to contact at survivingincompanies.com or visit our website. Today we spoke to Dr. Jürgen Weber, partner at MHP, a Porsche company and philosophical leader with disruptive concepts in how he manages his division. So once more, thanks a lot for being with us and have a nice evening. Thank you very much. Thanks for the nice talks. My, my pleasure. <laughs>